Hey, River, you got the Pepsi ready? Yeah. Boxing around live. Let's, Let's go. gentlemen to the first ever foxing around podcast i'm your host raymond fox this is my co-host who's running on indian time man you're gonna have to forgive my bro river thomas ran into some car troubles he should be joining us in a few minutes so we're looking forward to that obviously we got a huge huge first show here man i'm so excited about our first special guest obviously we got a very important first special guest as well too we'll be doing our giveaway for the treaty six sweater and snapback combo and uh, just a quick shout out to uh, Treaty Six Land Lifestyle Stories, man. Give them a like on Instagram and Facebook. And as well, too, our special guest is going to be bringing in a giveaway of his own, man. So stay tuned for that. He's going to give you guys the info on that. So, without further ado, man, I'd like to introduce myself a little bit. My name is Raymond Fox. I'm 25 years old. I'm from the Sweetgrass First Nation in Saskatchewan, Canada, on the Plains Cree Territory. Uh, I go to school at Red Deer College. Uh, I'm looking to uh, major in education. I want to be a teacher. Uh, in addition, I also play college for the or soccer for the Red Deer College Kings. So uh, something I'm passionate about. Um, it's something that's important to me. I love playing soccer. It means a lot to me. So that's just a quick little bit about me. But enough about me, man, because we got somebody in here, man, that I am so very excited about, man. When I uh, think about this this first guest, man, there's there's a few words that come to mind. You know, icon trailblazer, innovator, and just, you know, ultimate, ultimate humble dude, man. Like, I, I cannot say enough good words about this guy. So, without further ado, man, I'm about to introduce you to the gorgeous gangster, the Indian outlaw, my brother, Joey Styles. One sec, sorry, you got to give me a sec. Hey, there we go, Mr. Joey Styles. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yo, that, that intro was official, man. I need to get to everywhere I go, brother. You got to travel with me on the road. Hey, brother, anytime. Take me with you, brother. This is number one. We, we are breaking it in right now, right? This is like the, the first show. So this is exciting yeah. for, for you. Hey, for sure, brother, man. I'm so excited that you're here, bro. I'm so excited that, you know, you were with me from day one, bro. Like, as soon as I had this idea, you were uh, you were 100 right there with me, behind me, mentoring me, making sure that this, this was the right fit for both of us so i can't thank you enough brother well you already know what it is bro it's all about like us having dreams us having goals and just like it's nothing man because it doesn't matter what you want to do in this life if you just follow through you do it you, you give yourself a plan you get from a to z you'll do it you know what i'm yeah. saying a lot of people over overthink it they think it's harder than it really is but how hard is it to just go out and chase your dream if it's something you love it's not even work you're just doing what you love to do Hey, for sure, brother. I love that. I love that. So first things first, man, you got to give us an update. What's up lately, man? Talk a little bit about Blessed Street. You got some new music. What's going on, brother? Oh, Blessed Street Studios. It's uh, We're almost done. Whew, it's 
been a lot of work. It's just thinking about it makes me tired. Um, we had to do a lot of renovations. We had a workshop. I had a whole crew in there doing carpentry, electricians, people painting, flooring, you name it. It's just a, it's a beautiful spot. It's a space I've been dreaming for my whole life. Coming from the plains, you know, we're very nomadic. I'm a plains Cree Métis. So on both sides of my family, we've always been traveling. I was been very unsettled and couldn't really plant seeds anywhere. But after I had my kids with my wife, Carson Gray, which I just recently married, that's big news. And finally, I was able to plant some roots. So we said, you know what? Before I was like, I don't know if I want to buy a house. But we bought a house here. We built a beautiful studio we're with our kids. So we're living a good life. So it's like, I feel this is blessed. We're on Blessed Street, Blessed Street Studios. Um, blessed also comes from like double S inside. There's like Stress Street with the dollar signs. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. So this studio, I want to mentor a lot of like young cats. You know, for me, We'll, we'll definitely do studio time. Someone wants to rent some studio time or something, or they want beats, or they, they want to record, whatever, no problem. But my real interest is finding, like, the next talent and then taking them to where I've been further. You know what right. I mean? Like, and like I said before, man, I'm just getting started. You know, I've already been in the game for, like, 20 years, and I feel, like, the same excitement when I first came out. So hey. we have a project coming out. We just dropped three a three-part documentary called Three Eye Hip. The soundtrack will be out next month. The single out right now is called Dingling. And speaking of Dingling, so this is the this is the War Chief logo right there. You see that? Yes, sir. War Chief. Oh, yeah, 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 right there. So I don't know if you can see it that good, but there it is. So that's the War Chief logo. Stress Street. It's our lifestyle club. We focus on a lot of things. So if you want to win that tube, that beanie, that winter cap, whatever you call it, wherever you're at, viewers. You can definitely win that. Just go to my page, go to my Instagram page, and do the hashtag dingling. And then I'm going to put everyone's name in the draw, and you have an even chance to win with everyone else. So we're staying active. You know, Carson's working on her project, Carson Gray, my wifey. Um, she's got, she's amazing, man. Like, she's a way better artist than I am. And, uh, yeah, and I, I have a lot of stuff for doing. We have the Stress Street album coming out. I've got a couple group projects. i got my solo one, which is going to be out next month. I have a, a little uh, web series I'm developing. I'm working on another kind of like a film project with Patrick Shannon, who's from Hide Dwight. You know, just just a dope dude altogether. And my drummer, who I'm partners with now, a lot of things. His name's Dark Sean. The dude's a, the dude's a monster. He just got asked to go drum for the group Gorillas in London, uh, on their UK tour and I think Europe European tour. So that's mm -hmm. my dude, man. So right now I got rich music blood like flowing. And Carson's dad moving out here. The dude played with Chilliwack with uh, Nick Gilder, so I feel like I'm in a good spot musically right now to make the best music I ever did. Hey, you know, we start off here. Like, trap, 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 but like evolution is natural. Like, who wants to be the exact same as they were when they're in their 30s as they were when they're in their their teenage years? You grow. Like, when you're a teenager, you barely have any money. When you're 30, you're you're buying property, you're buying cars, you're traveling around the world. So who's not going to change, right? So. That's why the music taste and some of the music I put out changed a little bit. Feel me? For sure, brother. For sure, for sure, man. I love to hear it, man. I love to come check it out pretty soon, man. I got to come out there and see what you're up to, brother. Yeah, you yeah, you and your lady, man, I already said. Come out come out to Hollywood, Paradise. Hey, for sure. Hey, I love that. I love that. West is you can go in Canada. That's where they're right now. Where is it? World, Hollywood, Totem Poles. Uh, wilderness is second to none. The, the, if you look outside your window, sometimes you'll see like a killer whale or like some kind of big 
big old gray whale or a <laughs> something else on here. Hell yeah, brother. That sounds great. That sounds great. So, man, first things first, man, what I want to do is obviously I heard you, hey, shout out to Pepsi. We got the cola. No, no, no. I was going to say, I seen the Pepsi. I'm going to I'm gonna pull up Uncle Moves here. I got to give you a lecture, brother. I, you know more people begin that. I don't care if I offend anybody, but you know, <laughs> you know people begin diabetes from that Pepsi goes heavy. It's stevia sweetened. It's uh, better for you. You still get that sweet taste. You get that punch from the carbonation when you, you crack it and you hear that hey there you go that's some uncle joey tips right there yeah hey, I'll beat that diabetes bro you know what i'm saying hell yeah brother i hear you i hear you i'm i'm uh i'm a little bit too hard on the pepsi i'll admit but i'll, I'll, <laughs> you're still, I'll work it out still young. yeah exactly staying active staying active so like you said bro plain screen man you come from the plain screen territory metis take us back a little bit bro you know take us back to where you first kind of started you know where we come from your early roots stuff like that brother I was so fortunate to come from where I came from and be born at the time I was born because I got to see so much stuff. I got to see what life was like pre-internet. You know what I mean? Because now if, you, if you're if you born when the internet is around, you can't even imagine what it was like before the internet. I was living out there. I was actually living out there. You feel me? Like we're out there. It's not like we're just talking to each other by emojis or talking to each other on Instagram, you know? I was really, really in the world running around and expensive cars when i was young in the street before that even i was with my mom and my dad going to protests going to rallies going to political functions going to sun dances round dances all the ceremonies that make us who we are very proud to be a plains cream at because my faith is where i am right now you know like the bullets that that have been dodged um, <laughs> the jail sentences that have been dodged man it's all because of god you feel me for sure and, uh, god's great god's everything so you know what i when I was uh, young, we had like the, definitely that upbringing, the Métis Catholics. So we'd go into the church, right? You, you know what I'm saying? And then also at the same time, maybe the next week we go to the Sundance Lodge. So my whole upbringing is based upon faith. Even around all the things I see and the different incarcerations, I see family members going to prison, family members hustling, slanging, whatever, going away from violent stuff. I always had that faith. Even myself, when I was in the darkest place, that faith kept me from really sinking too deep where you can't come out because yo man i shed so many damn tears over all the brothers i lost like even this year i lost like four four like my best friends you know right brother and sometimes you get jaded and sometimes it might take you a couple weeks to cry but man the tears be coming out like last night i shed some tears for my cousin will thinking about him i was just yeah. I'm thinking about him and I'm never gonna see him again i can't give him a hug again i can't get him on the phone again telling me his crazy war stories and Every time you see somebody, always make sure you give them love and just mean it too. That's some, that's some huge stuff. We'll get into uh, Will a little bit more as we kind of go along. But um, so obviously, like, I don't think too many people know, bro, but before Joey Styles was a rapper, Joey Styles was a ball player. So you were you were on the hard court before you were spitting bars. Is that right? Yeah, I was on me and Michael Linklater played together in my, in my younger years. Um, we traveled to, we were, I think, Minnesota. We were in Victoria. We went all over the states playing tournaments all across Canada playing tournaments. Now, boy, is magic. Hey. Like, uh, just seeing him play ball, you know, I'm just so proud of him because I know where he started. I, I was there when he first started. We first picked up a basketball. And the, he's so athletic and so co competitive within, like, a year and a half. He was, like, beating everyone that's been playing their whole life and putting hours in because 
I don't know. He's just a special. He's a special cat, man. They never drank, never did drugs, you know, never got involved in the streets. But we we're out there banging, and it, it's hard because where we come from, that's glorified. You know, I mean, like, that's very, very glorified. Like that, sure. that, that crazy kind of uh, jail street mentality. That's just the way life is. So. Word, brother, word, man. That's crazy. So, yeah, speaking of that, bro, like, obviously, you got your start kind of in the trap music, you know? Like, you started spitting the, the old hard bars, like, lock on, came a long way. When you first kind of started getting that mainstream success, you know, was that, like, uh, were you spitting about, like, your environment and what you were doing at the time? Like, was it because you were in the streets like that? You were, you were kind of getting that heavy, you know, hardcore rap that people know you for to this day? There was uh, about a two-and-a-half, three-year period where I was, like, legit – like that Bruce Lee movie, Game of Death, I was playing that game, you know, like, I seen people around me getting killed, I seen there was shootouts, there was jail sentences, there was people trying to take people out, it was, it was crazy, man, I was living like a real, real nasty place, and because of God, I got out of it, straight up, I can't take the credit of being some tough macho guy, or being the baddest in the street, God got me out of that, because he had a different plan for me, but I was really out there, you know, like, uh, the stuff you see on these movies when you watch like gangster movies when they they're they're doing this and they're, do, they're doing that like we was out there for really you know it wasn't like it wasn't like a figure of speech and in those years I was very very active and even after I left that lifestyle behind a lot of my family and my best friends they they still were in that lifestyle I don't look down on them because everyone has their own path in this life that's that's God's gift He's like yo here's your life go ahead do what you want to do with it man you know what i'm saying so with me there was a time when i was in the streets and i was in the streets partially because of anger you know i had stuff going on with my parents i was upset about and it took them a while to grow up because i had kids when they were very young so obviously a lot of us been through that when our parents have kids when they're young um and then they're still kids trying to raise kids right so i was angry about things i seen a lot of my i seen my cousin get well, i never seen him get killed but he got killed i seen him get buried at a young age that really uh, set me over the edge, and I became angry. So, a lot of some some people went to school, some people went to the church. Me and a couple of my dudes, we went hard in the streets. And there was a time when I was so reckless, jail or like a, a, a coffin didn't seem like it was that threatening to me. Mm-hmm. And when you hear Long Way, that was actually like word for word a biography. Because I remember when I first was in the streets and I was hustling, I remember bagging stuff up in the basement my dude was like gangster music. <laughs> yeah. and there was a time when I said I would never ever do that I'm like I'll never do that it's poison I don't want to hurt anybody but hurt people hurt people I was so angry with like a lot of things that was going on right so at that point I uh I just hit the streets real hard man never looked back and you know the way we were rolling at one point like if we had problems with someone we'd drag them out of a nightclub or it doesn't matter where you were we were it was on site you know and I had my crew was my crew was heavy, you know, I mean, my brothers were heavy, like, they're real solid dudes, and my big bro, Big D, Heavy D out there in uh, Saskatoon, he's always made sure I was cool, too, so I always just knew all the OGs, and I'm telling our story, things we've been through, and why we're going through is because this bullshit system that failed us has made us so angry, they, you know what I mean, they introduced alcohol to us, they introduced drugs to us, because they could stop alcohol, they could stop drugs, um, they could make it so that there's programs so people get the proper education so they can work good jobs, but they need people in jail because each inmate's about a hundred racks, hundred thousand dollars a year to, that goes back to the system to 
keep the lights on, to pay the workers, to pay the people cooking the food. So that's a business. The law, the law system's a business. The lawyers and judges get paid. That's another part of society. Police need to be hired. So they don't want to fix that, man. They want it to be broken. And why do you think it is the way it is? Because we're pissed off, man. We're angry. Things aren't right. Things ain't fair. So when you hear my music back then, before I kind of went to the pop realm, there was anger there, and that was real stuff. It's not like I'm some I was some rapper rapping about things I heard other people rap about. We were really there, you know what I mean? For sure, brother. For sure, man. Uh, was there a time where you were like ever feeling like you were in too deep, or like obviously because you're rapping on the streets, you know, and, like everybody at that time they knew Joey Styles. Joey Styles was the rapper, but he's also you know the gangster. Like you were living a, a real life kind of like get rich or die trying movie, you know, like trying to get out the hustle, move into the rap game. You know, was there ever moments where you were like? man, I got to get out of this life because I, I got something here. You know, was there ever the moments that came through? It was, it was always a means to an end the streets for me. Like it wasn't like I want to do that for my life. It's just, I want to do music. I knew that, but I didn't have the money to do it. Right. Like these bills ain't going to pay themselves. Studio time ain't going to pay itself. The trip to Atlanta ain't going to pay itself. The trip to LA, you know what I mean? So I needed money. And right. when you don't have edu like I only had a grade 12, right. That's as far as I got in school. You ain't going to get no job that's going to pay you. 100 grand or 100 plus grand a year so the only the only way like a little young white skin Nietzsche knows how to get money like that when you're a young dude is hit the streets so we hit it hard and I'm just lucky my family's who my family is you know what I mean like and my parents my mom and dad they raised me good they raised me to be respectful they raised me to be a person of, of faith even though we had our ups and downs you know stuff happened with my dad with my mom everyone's whole this whole motherfucking world has problems in their house so it's not like Everyone's just everything's sunshine and lollipops. Yeah, we all go through some stuff, battles, ups and downs, our parents. But at the end of the day, I love my parents and they're my heroes. So the reason I was able to navigate and get there and in that point when I was too deep, I was kind of laughing about it. Like laugh, laughter has always been my medicine. Right. I remember late Will was with me and one of my other homies, I'm not going to say his name. We were coming out this restaurant and as we were coming out the restaurant, his vehicle was rolling up. It was like an SUV. I was like, damn. I was like, I think we got beef right now. Because back then, we used to have beef. And there was a time there was a time when I used to roll around with one of these everywhere I went. Because I didn't want to get caught without one. Like, dude say, I'd rather be caught with it than caught without it. And there was a time when I was like that. But at that time, we didn't, luckily, we didn't have that on us. So all of a sudden, we're going to the car. And I look, and this vehicle's rolling up. So I was like, yo, man, I think these guys are rolling up. And some old white men jumped up. <laughs> and they had guns. I was like, oh police officers bro and then all of a sudden i turned around the other way and there's like we're surrounded everybody like all these guns are on us free so of course we're locked up uh but handcuffed i thought it was done i thought i got caught for doing something i had done before previously handcuffs on me like, i look at my bro I'm like i start laughing i'm like i guess i guess it's over now i started laughing he looked at me he wasn't laughing he was serious i never got charged though because it was something he did but i was just with him when the cops apprehended him yeah. They searched the vehicle. There was nothing in there. My cousin Willie, so my late cousin Will, so wild. But I tell you that that boy was wild. All of a sudden, uh, they're like, they got nothing on us. They're digging through his pockets. They pull out this pair of brass knuckles that has a big blade on the end. I'm like, you got nothing on us. That's like a gladiator weapon you got, bro. Talking about nothing. That's wild, bro. That's some wild stories, brother. You know what I want to get into, bro? Is is one thing I think it was just around this time, bro. Do you remember the billboard that you guys put up on the on 20th and Idlewild? Yes, I do, man. All right. Something yeah. else. 
Yeah, let, let me get into it a little bit first. I'm going to give a little backstory because I know it kind of means it means something different for me than it means for you. But you can kind of explain the story a little bit more. But I'll give you guys a little backstory. So uh, I was about 12 or 13 at the time. And obviously, Joey Styles is who he is. You know, he's the coolest guy in Saskatoon at the time, you know, gangster rapper. Everyone wants to tell people that Joey Styles is their cousin. Everyone wants to be like Joey Styles. He's, he's just a man of the city, you know what I mean? And we all kind of respected him and looked up to him. So I think I was in uh, Saskatoon with my parents one day and we're driving by and we're on the busiest street in Saskatoon. It's Idlewild and 20th Street, literally right next to the hood. That's the borderline of the hood is Idlewild and 20th Street. And you look up and there's Joey and some uh, some other dudes and they're they're on a billboard and uh, they're promoting Joey's uh, Black Star album, I believe it was. And uh, it was it was like the coolest thing that I had seen uh, like at the time, man, because here was an indigenous guy you know, that everyone thought was the man, like he was the king of the city at the time. And he's announcing himself to the world like, hey, I'm here, you know, and he didn't go put that billboard on the east side or, you know, close closer to the city. Nah, he put it right on the borderline of the hood. And for me, it was an important moment in my life because that was the first time I ever seen an indigenous person on a billboard. And it made me feel like, you know what, like that could be me, that could be my cousin. We can get like those systems you were talking about, we can break those systems because Joey Styles is on a billboard right now showing us that he's here, man. And that was, that's what it meant to me. I know it, I know it kind of got a little jaded for you, but just give me a little bit of backstory and explanation on it. Well, you know, that makes me feel so proud just hearing what you said. I can't, like, I'm not, I can't say that, like, how proud it makes me because so proud there's not a number for it or there's not, like, a gauge for it. But my dude, Trent Duff, um, he believed he really believed in, in the vision he understood what we were, we were doing was trying to do so he's like yo let's get this billboard man so i was like okay and at the time you know coming from my family i come from and knowing the people i grew up with in every city i've been in i've been very respectful and i made good friends with all the chiefs of all these of the different you know red white black all these different kinds of uh, teams or crews or squads that you want to follow so in that particular billboard, there was some major politics going on, man. There was the guys in white from Regina, then there's the guys in red from um, down south. And then, of course, me, I'm down with black because I'm a Saskatoon boy. And my big brother, the the big D has always been like the, the chief out, out there. So, you know, um, of course, I was up for that. And then my boy, you know him, uh, Big Sav, obviously, he's a, a stress street brother. And uh, Trent was a stress street brother as well. So... It was kind of like showing that we could all be together, you know. Like, there's been a lot of problems inside, up north, inside Huskow, inside this place where they, where people go for vacations and to, to wait lift. There's been a lot of politics issues going on, political issues going on with crews going at each other. But for me, I don't think it needs to be like that. I think we're all like, we're all in it together. Like, we have the same issues. We've all been broke before, you know, if you're a young indigenous dude. We've all been pissed off because something happened at home. We've all been angry because something happened to one of our family members. It's not fair. And I think we should all just get together and band together and make this world a better place for our people, you know, because in Canada, the oppressed people are the Nietzsche's, you know what I'm saying? Like indigenous people, uh, Indians, First Nations, however you say it, man. I, I always have a hard time saying that, though, because... You get these people that are politically correct to try to correct you. But uh, so that billboard, when I put it out there, I, it was like a BMF moment. There's this yeah. crew in America called Black Mafia Family. 
and um, they put out Young Jeezy, the dude, Big Meech, was flying around the world in jets, making millions of dollars in the trap. So it was like that moment, like, we're here. We're doing music now. We came from the streets, and now we're here, and we're not looking back. We want to do this legal. We want to get corporate money. We want to get deals with the big companies, you understand me? And that's what we were doing, man. We were stepping up. Right after that, I put a video out. I remember one time seeing Sugarcane on this channel, Much Punch. I was at my dude's house, and he's kind of one of those guys that like doesn't kind of give you props because he's just like a hard ass. Yeah. So I'm sitting there talking. I'm like, yo, my video's on TV. Dope. And it's like this Much Punch where you can text in and get a vote for a video. Yeah. Watching it. And the next thing you know, right after it was done, it came on again. <laughs> looked at me the second time it came on. I was like, what the, what the fuck? This shit just came on again? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I was like, dope. So we're sitting there in this big mansion, you know, this guy's got Lamborghinis and Bentleys and all kinds of crazy whips like that. So we're sitting there watching it, and all of a sudden it comes on a third time in a row. We're like, <laughs> what's going on here? And that's like my best bro, man. You know, we've been around the world, we've been to Egypt, uh all over Europe, all over we've been to South America, America, like that's my dude, man. We've been to Africa together. And he's always been like you need those friends that are honest with you. You know, you don't need yes men. He's not a yes man. But if he thinks, it's, like, I could think a song's the best song ever, he'll just shit on it. But <laughs> so for me, like, that was it, man. That, that billboard represent, we're going corporate. We want to get that corporate money. We want to be on TV. We want to be on the radio. And just because we're Nietzsche's and we're doing it ourselves doesn't mean we shouldn't be there. We are there. We're doing it. Now look how many, look how many people are on TV that are on mainstream television, on mainstream radio. We're there and we're on our way. And we're only partway there because there's no reason why uh, one of the, one of our native brothers shouldn't be playing Johnny Depp's part in that film when uh, he's Tonto, you know what I'm saying? We have the actors. You know, there's guys like Martin Sensheimer. Uh, there's some other cats, too, that are doing it real big. So why not, man? Let's get, let's get that money. Let's get that success. Let's, let's reach for the stars, like you said. And that's what that billboard represented. All right, brother, for sure. I'm going to hand this over real quick. Uh, one second, just to my brother, River. He just got here, obviously. He just wants to say a few words. Hey, what up? Man, speaking of Big Sav, honestly, bro, Big Sav has the best hooks of any First Nations artist ever, bro. His hooks are amazing, bro. Yo, what's good? What's good? That's a really good song both you guys have. But, like, Big Sav's hooks, they just hit different. His voice is not so crazy and speaking of sugarcane bro i was bumping that the whole ride here i'm not even gonna lie oh, sugarcane and cool running cool running goes hard to this day bro that's my number one hype up song <laughs> certainly stunning man, i love cool brother running. yeah big yeah. sound that guy's man so much talent like just he'd be like the barry white or something of like you know hip-hop dude's unreal with his hooks and you know if all you people at home say a prayer for sav man between us and your viewers, I don't know if a lot of people know this, it'd be cool to update people. Um, he's in jail right now for like a drive-by shooting, attempted murder or something like that last I heard. So I haven't been in touch with him, but that's like one of my best friends in the whole world. You know, we did a lot. When I moved back to Canada from Atlanta, I went to Regina and we were out there in like in the trap. And then we went to Vancouver and then we were floating around, you know, and that's how it was. So keep Big Savage in your prayers, boys, things, sick hooks, can rap. He's one of the most solid dudes I know. One time we were in Surrey and we're in the gym getting ready for sugar cane lifting weights. You know? <laughs> the whole gym was shaking. Like, boom, boom. I was like, whoa, is there an earthquake? 
I walked around the corner and Big Sal was punching the punching bag. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> it was crazy, yo. Hey, that's wild, brother. So like we said, man, sugar cane, cool running, Indian outlaw. That's kind of where you gorgeous know, like the gangster. gorgeous gangster. All that stuff starts oh. taking off your mainstream, you know, like you're starting to get them hits, seeing yourself on much music, you know. What what where are you at in that process, you know, like where are you at at that time in your life, you know? At that time my life it was weird because I was so I transitioned from the street, you know, had some savings and then um I saved money from back in the day. So I was living off my savings for quite a while. And we had we had uh, legit businesses as well, you know, like we were my family had some smoke shops and those did very well for us and it's something that the the, bro, the brothers from all east and the sisters from all east be doing out the Mohawks, right? But we had some smoke shops and we were doing good. So I had enough money saved to to get me through. But when I first was on TV, people thought I was a million. <laughs> when they heard me on like the mainstream radio, yo, you got five bucks, man. It's like, yo, man, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get this paper, but I don't got this yet. So just you know, let me have a second to breathe and get my flow on. You feel me? Sure, brother. I hear what you're saying, man. So you're touring around at this time, you know, like you're starting to get the shows and stuff like that. I know there's a there's an infamous incident. We we kind of want to talk about it a little bit, bro. I don't know if you remember the uh, the 50 Cent concert that you had opened for, brother. You, you want to talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, it was that, a crazy concert. You know, <laughs> that whole that whole time was crazy because well, maybe five days before I was at the concert, a couple days I don't know how many days we're driving by and then we're on. Preston and Taylor, and there's cops everywhere. Like, like it was on the software. I said, "Yo, looks like someone got taken out." I said, "So I'm driving, and I get a call. I'm, Yo, your uncle just got shot in front of his house and passed. He's passed on. He's gone." I was crying. I was like, "What the?" That was like one of my like. That was when I first started to lose a lot of friends to violence, mm. and I was really upset. And I was like, "Damn, man!" And I got asked to do the Fifty Cent concert already, but like my big bro Jay. He was like, yo, man, you can't be doing this 50 cent concert. These guys got like 20 or 25 thou in your head, boy. Damn. Like, I was like, yo, I'm doing this concert, man. I don't give a fuck about 20 or 25k on my head. We're going to move through this, man. God's with me. That's my backup, you know? He's like, no, no, no. So we called my dude, uh, my, my boy. He also goes by the name Heavy D from out west. The dude is like ex-NFL player. Put it this way, when he showed up, he showed up with a 5XL bulletproof vest. <laughs> bench is 600 pounds, so we show up, we do the 50 cent concert. You know, I was rolling around with the vest too at that time because things were getting pretty out of hand at that moment in my life. Next thing you know, we're at the after party. One of my boys just got out of jail too. He did some wild stuff. He did one of these things. He, he ended up beating it because he wasn't guilty, but he was his first day out of, out of being in jail. So uh, after he was out of jail, he was never drank for like hell a long time, right? So he, he was a little drunk and we were on stage. He's dancing with girls. And the G unit DJ, I think it was his who kid, was like, yo, only girls on the stage. So my boy left, but he kept drinking, kept coming on dance with all the girls. That's when <laughs> the girls were on the stage, so he's up there. So he kept coming up and eventually got mad. He got arguing with one of them. So then he pushed the guy. The guy pushed him back, and he spit in the guy's face. And as he spit in the guy's face, one of their guys grabbed him from behind and bear hugged him. So he was like this, and that, that guy balled him like he was blocked with his face. So he almost lost his eye. Mm. My my dude, my dude seen that, uh, Pape seen that, and he went gorilla. Like, dude was crazy, man. He took on, like, four of those guys. Next thing you know, I look, 
And at that time, too, a lot of my dudes used to sport red. Some were sporting black. But it just looked like a sea of black and red storming the stage. And then them just, like, <laughs> they were, like, hiding under leather coats. They're getting surrounded. It got pretty wild, man. They got chased out of there. And some of them might have took some bottle, a couple bottles here and there, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like dog. A couple, a couple act rights with yeah, uh, that was some crazy talk. A man. Mahau and a duck sail. <laughs> yeah, you got it. You got it. Yeah, so you got it. Yeah, that's like off, and yeah, a lot of people heard about that, and that was kind of like how my name started to get known in the prairies because that like people were like yo Joey Style and his brother's Stress Street Lifestyle Club. These guys are wild, man. They, they got they got into a G and they changed G and off the club. <laughs> For real, that's like one of the iconic young stories I remember too. Hearing that you heard that on the grapevine, bro. That was that's some old school. That was old years school, ago, yeah. man. You know, like yeah, I tell you sure. now, now I'm just traveling with my team with this going. Suzetta Maya, we've been doing so much shows together, hundreds of shows. We've been New Mexico, uh, New Orleans Jazz Festival. She's coming there, rocking with me. We're hitting up all these communities, spreading wellness, telling the stories because yo, know, we've been through some shit, and then we know a lot of y'all guys have been through the same thing. So let's utilize the skills, utilize the knowledge, utilize the resources that we accumulated from all our years of growing up, and give them to you guys, the viewers, and the people that come out to the workshop to reach your goals, to get over that uh, those humps, to, to feel better, because. Wellness is something you can't give people, but you could just show them how you became well. You could show them the tools, but it's their job to walk through the door. For sure, brother. I love love that. Love that. So, man, so, like, around this time, too, like, obviously, when you're blowing up, bro, like, you know, like you said, you're out in Atlanta, you're out in L.A., you know. Is is it tough to kind of, like, was it tough to come back home, you know? Like, some guys, you know, they're expecting a certain level of Joey and, and maybe, you know, because you're traveling, because you're working on new music, because you're trying to appeal to a bigger audience, you know, they feel like you switched up, you know, like the culture vultures and like, did it, you know, like what, what's that like to navigate? And like, you know, when you at that time, I've always been a person that like, I just don't even think about what the other people think. Right. So when I put oh. out like a couple of songs that were really rock or experimental, some stuff that no one's ever heard before, I didn't really give a fuck what people thought. Right? <laughs> well, I don't like this. This is so. I don't care, man. I'm making music because it makes me feel good. It makes my spirit feel good. This is what I love to do. So, I'm not concerned about trying to make people happy because, at the end of the day, I got my life right. And in my life, I want to do things that challenge me as a human being. I don't want to do things that are easy. I could write a rap song, like a trap rap song, in like probably like three or four minutes. <laughs> I'm not even joking, and that shit'll be hard. It'll be, <laughs> Yo, God, in future, it'll be like that, you know. But for me now, like I just, I'm picking up a guitar since this pandemic hit. I want to challenge myself and want to learn guitar. So that's something I've been doing, you know. And I've really been pushing myself to do new things, and I always want to reach new heights. When I got back from Atlanta, that's when I said, you know what? I don't really care what anyone thinks. I'm gonna, I want to experiment. I'm gonna keep it hip hop because that's what I am. I've always been hip hop, but you know, I'm gonna try add some other elements in there, whether it be indie rock or electronic music or a little bit of country you know like folk music but it's always hip-hop it's always street because we're street smart there's oh, a difference yeah. so there's a difference between being from the hood which i'm not i'm not from the hood i never was raised on pleasant hill like most of my cousins were or riverdale i was raised in a middle class area but because of the circumstance at home and money was funny money was real low you know money was slow i didn't <laughs> get my flow on in the hood 
<laughs> I, I was in the hood and I, I came there proper, man. I was, my cousins were already situated, so they understood what's going on. The big homies took me under the wings. I was always respectful and listen to everything they say. So I'm street smart. So I come from the streets. I don't come from the hood. You know what I mean? Like I come from, yeah, I'm in the streets. I'm making moves, whether it's with clothing or I was hustling back in the day or whatever, man. I'm street smart. Any city I go to in the world I've been to, I've been good. You know, I've been to Bankhead. I lived on Crenshaw in Los Angeles. You know, these are black, <laughs> these are black areas I, I was staying in. And uh, I wasn't cool there. It's because I wasn't a threat. You know what I mean? I wasn't. I wasn't like cool to go there because uh, people were scared of me. It was because, yo, this guy's chill, man. It's a cool little dude. And like sometimes it was funny, man. I'd be like, I'd be in the studio with these dudes. Like one time I was in uh, the studio with Big U, who's like a manager. He used to manage Nipsey Hustle. He's one of the founders of the Crips in Los Angeles. And I was in that studio, and like some guy was on the phone. He's like, yeah, I'm just with the Big Apple and some cool little white guy. <laughs> like I'm not white, man. I'm First Nations. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so yeah, just apple of some little white guy. Like just right after he said it again, like you're not you're not gonna be here white. <laughs> so yeah, I just always just did what I want to do, bro, man. I just be not be scared because a lot of people hold back because they're they're too worried about validation, you know. I don't sure. I don't think about that. I never have thought about that. I just know what I love to do and I'm trying to do it and I wanna stay true to my family, you know, because Family's everything in this life, you know, when the music's done, when the movies are done, when the clothing deals are done, when everything's done, you always have your family, right? And to me, that's like the ultimate. We just bought like a big house out here, you know, we got four four bedrooms, two bathrooms, uh, two, two living rooms, a huge backyard, a big workshop, a studio space, you know, but you know what? we all sleep in the same room on the same bed, me and my, me and my wife and my kids, because well, that's what I want, man. I love my family more than anything. You know, I'll take, I'll take a hot one in the head for them, you know? <laughs> yeah, bro. I love that. I love that, man. You know, and we do know your wife a little bit, Carson Gray, obviously she's a musician as well too. Very, very talented, man. I love seeing you guys work together, man. What's that process like, you know, like, is it, is it tough sometimes? Like, is it straining on your relationship a little bit? Or is it just all love and like you guys just create beautiful music? Because you guys do, obviously, right? It's just natural again because that's that's what brought us together was music. Like I knew Carson when she was young. Like Carson's got crazy stories. She'd be like on the phone with like Michael Jackson when she was young. She'd be on the phone with like uh, what's that guy's name again? Uh, Smokey Robinson. You know what I mean? So she, <laughs> seriously, all these guys, man, was crazy. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's a crazy You name it, man. You know what I'm saying? She was on the phone with all these guys. And she was raised by a guy, like in the music world. His name was uh, Bobby Taylor. And the late Bobby Taylor passed away. He was the one who discovered Michael Jackson and grooved him. He, he was in a group with Chong from Cheech and Chong. So her music blood is excellent. And uh, we met on set for Cool Run-In. She's a, a, a hide of princess. My dude Freddie introduced us. He's like, he knew that we'd kick it. But when I first met her, I had a girlfriend and she was young, so we didn't really, you know, it wasn't a time for us to be together. And we, I always knew there was something special with her. I always tell people, yeah, this girl can blow up. And then finally, I was, I was finally single. And then she came, we did a song. She came to Regina for the Indigenous Games to perform. And then we just fell in love, you know, from the second she got there. He fell in love, and at that time too, I was, I was uh, just broke up with the girl, so it was tough because um, that girl's like, you know, girls be playing games when they are even guys when they get upset, 
so there was a strain at first that I was trying to pull us apart, like, but we were meant to be together. I kept seeing all these little signs, like, I would say a word about us being like, and then all of a sudden I looked in the back on a piece of painting and it was the exact same word I said. I was like, uh, referring to myself as this and her as that. And then all of a sudden I'd be on there. And then we're just like, we're meant to be together. And then when we make, when we make music, we just speak from the heart. And I know creator brought us together, you know, like I, she played Tiger Lily on the movie Peter Pan, right? Damn. Like, yeah. For a lot of years, I'm not, I'm not Peter Pan anymore, but for a lot of years, <laughs> I, feel like, Yo, I feel like Peter Pan out here. But, you know, Peter Pan fell in love with Tiger Lily, so it's like I did, but I don't, I didn't call myself Peter Pan anymore, man. But one time I felt like it, and when I first got here, I felt like I was in Neverland. Damn, bro, that's a, that's a beautiful story, bro. And obviously, congratulations. I know you just got married, bro. I know uh, we saw your setup, bro. It looked awesome. It looked like a beautiful ceremony. I love the cowboy boots, bro. You kept it original, kept that style unlocked, bro. It was a we good kept time. outlaw, right? Oh, yeah. It's outlaw everything we do. Hey, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I kind of want to take it just a little bit back because we were talking a little bit about uh, Sav, you know, but there's also some guys. Hey. That's what's up, right? Yeah, Indian Outlaw. Three-eye hip, you see that third eye? Yes, sir. Clean, clean, brother. It's beautiful. From Hide and Ink, my boy Greg, Geek from Hide and Ink. But anyways, I yeah. need to cut you off. That was hey. My hey, that's all good, brother. It's all love around here, bro. You know, we, you're a big influence to us, man. We, we we love having you on here, bro. It's it feels humbling to have you here, brother. Like I said, man, it's we both of us. I think we could say, you know, we looked up to Joey Styles growing up, bro. Like you, like I said, you're the coolest guy in the city, and something that we looked up to, man. So just even having you here, it's it's just all love. Thank you for having me, man. It means a lot that you chose to have me on your opening show. And, um, yeah, I see there's some, I can't really read because my phone's pretty small, but some of these questions, people got questions from me. I'll definitely hit you guys up later on. Um, yeah. Obviously, we're, we're on social media, so that's, that's an easy given. And, yeah. Before the end of the show, we'll, we'll take a few fan questions and kind of kind of let them uh, okay. let them have a few questions. So we'll get we'll, just a few minutes. Uh, one thing I did want to talk on quickly, though, is like you said, we we're talking about Sav a little bit, but obviously yeah. some other dudes that you came up with too, you know, like late Tommy Duh and late Brooklyn, you know, some guys that were some some real heavy hitter indigenous rappers, you know, like these guys were probably at, you know, coming up with you, you know, you guys all kind of had that, that, uh, that bringing, you know, like bringing the heat for, for indigenous rap, you know, and to see kind of where, where their lanes ended up, you know, is it, was it kind of tough, you know, and is it still tough to carry that around or know that that's, you know, that it could have went that way, you know what I'm saying? Well, I think about it often, you know, it's really sad, especially the way they went. Like, you just got, you just got, you just got to be in our prayers, you know, because uh, that that it could have been prevented. That's what's sad, you know. All that could have been prevented. It was very easily prevented, and I knew them very well. I have songs with both of them. I, you know, we traveled together with both of them in other cities across Canada. They were very close. Those guys were outlaws, you know, guns and Robin, Robin Banks and Robin. They were real deal, man. You know, when you watch like uh, robbers on jumping on trains <laughs> that was those guys and tommy Don got away uh it's crazy you know like the story of tommy Don, i don't know if a lot of people know but he actually has he was in jail looking at like a lot of years jail time for uh a robbery at uh some kind of dispensary because all these people snitched on him man if you're someone that posted a tommy dog video on crime stoppers give yourself a slap in the face unfollow me i don't like you because 
why'd you snitch on my man? That's weak, man. That's corny. Six nine ass. <laughs> hey, get him, get him, Uncle Joey. For for real though, like uh, he he escaped on foot from jail. He he had a knife in his cast. The cops beat him up. They broke all his bones. Punctured this, punctured. Like, so he's on his way to the hospital. He broke out. Out of jail, he broke out, got away, jumped in a taxi, pulled the taxi out, took off in the car, ran away, jumped in this thing, got chased by cops, got out of the vehicle, went and hid in the building, and then eventually got caught. But like that's like something out of a movie. And Tommy Dodd was magic. Like he he knew magic tricks and I have a lot of crazy stories about Tommy Dodd. Like I like you wouldn't want to go to a party with him when he had a taser, put it that way. I see him like <laughs> You know, he's always good. He always held me held me down. Like, you know, uh, a couple times when I used to be wild. You know, I don't, I've been sober for a lot of years now. Like, I, for over five years now. Yeah, but when I used that. to be wild, I used to be wild. I used to be like a bolt of lightning and wind. And a lot of times I get myself in situations that were too big for myself. And, you know, guys like Tommy Dobb, my late cousin Will, they'd always handle it. But he handled it, man. That boy, Tommy Dobb was wild. Same with Brooklyn. He was, he was not much bigger than me. He was a little dude, but the guy punched out guys that were like 6'10". And that's... People like hip-hop because it's street, because it's tough. It's the outlaw music. It's the renegade music. And doesn't get more outlaw than that. And you know when he was in jail, actually? When Brooklyn was in jail, uh, he was in Montreal prison. I got a call from my brother, John C. He's like, yo, do you know anybody in Montreal jail? I was like, yeah, I do. So I called my I called my uh, cousin. My cousin, I don't want to say his name, but... Uh, called him he's like a important guy to me he's always taking care of me anywhere i've been so i said yo cuz do you know anybody in montreal I was like, of course i do that's where i'm from man i'm one, I'm one of these kind of guys out there so you know yeah no problem man make a call but just find out if he's in a blue range or a red range so he called and i'm pretty sure don't quote me but i think it was a blue range he was in and he's like yeah he's in a blue range he's like okay well tell him to say he's your cousin and i'm your cousin because he's my cousin so then we called, we put that call, and then he was good in there because when he got when he first got to jail, he was tripped out, man. Like he was walking in there, and there's like it was like off the movie where there's like it's not like how it is in Manitoba, the jail. So there's two layers. And he's walking in, and there's people like all these black guys because he's used to be in jail with all Nietzsche's in the prairies, yelling at French. So he didn't know what was going on. He felt like he was a different planet. <laughs> <laughs> and I made that call and he was good out, out in jail when I was, he was out there. But Because uh, it's a sad fact. In, in Saskatchewan, a native male is 33 times more likely to be incarcerated than any other race. And in the rest of Canada, you're 10 times more likely to be incarcerated than any other race. That's some bullshit, man. You know what I mean? It's a system yeah. de devised to uh, put us down because they know how wild we are. They know how we can take over the sports, we can take over the modeling, we can take over the acting, we can do all that. So they want to keep it for themselves. And luckily, we're starting to have some allies, man. I know a lot of cool white boys and white girls now that are like really standing up for the fight. They're standing up for Black Lives Matter. They're standing up for the land, for water protectors. And remember, it's not white people that's the enemy. There's White people's not the enemy. It's the system that's our enemy. And they want us to think white people's our enemy because they want us to all be separated. They want us to attack white people. So if we do that, then they come back at us and it's the old saying, the old system of divide and conquer. If we're all divided, it's so much easier to take us out. But if we come together, man, they ain't taking us out. We could change the system overnight. The white people come with the natives, the natives come with the blacks. 
all the other races around the world, we all come together, man. We could we could rewrite the system tonight, today. I'm done. You know what I mean? Sure, brother. Mind speaking our language, man. That's that's what we're about right now, man. That's just kind of why we're doing this podcast. You know, elevate voices, start getting into the to the stuff that we need to talk about. You know, and that we need we need faces like yourself. We need faces like the guests that are going to be coming on to speak on these issues and to kind of tell us, you know, like this is what it is and this is how it needs to be, man. Because you're right, bro. They do divide us and they want us to be different. They want us to fight. They want they want the systems in place to keep us down, man. And it, it's disheartening. It's very disheartening. So we're here to break that slowly but surely one foxing around podcast at a time, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, for sure. So one more thing. Hey, foxing around comes from we were trying to we were like thinking about it and we were like, you know, we, we don't we wanna we wanna have some real issues, we wanna talk about real issues, but at the end of the day, we don't want people to take us too serious, man. We don't we're not we're not here to, you know, give people uh you know, we're not role models, we're not here to tell you exactly how it is. We're here to fox around a little bit, hopefully have a meaningful conversation and some good laughs, but at the end of the day it's all it's all fun, you know. I want to teach. I want to teach the people some new language, some uh, Cree language, or some, even some Plains language, because even Black people up in that uh, Soto, you know, Jibwe. But the prairies, we have like a lot of funny talk, like uh, Skoden. Remember Skoden? Yeah. <laughs> real person, but it's like, let's go then. You know what I mean? yeah. so it's like, yo, man, I don't want to say all this word Skoden. <laughs> you know, but uh, real deadly. That's a good one. But you know, there's some advanced ones like we got to give them some advanced versions of that mm. one of the most advanced is jazzy it's like that's a little jazzy toque <laughs> <laughs> jazzy little shoes you know jazzy's like better than deadly oh, yeah. so like if you, all you people you throw that jazzy up there you're winning and if you want to get real Nietzsche, you don't even pronounce your f when you say the f word you say Uck around Uck say. <laughs> you know i mean that's like when you're really stepping up your game like vocab like you're up there in the world. Ground. You heard it here. That's the new one. So hey. throw those two in your vocabulary and you're going to be winning. Hey, there we go. And don't pronounce the F when you drop yeah. the F bomb. Hell yeah, we got it, man. Life lessons, Uncle Joey, man. Hey, bro, I'm going to tell them about the first time I met you, bro, because it was it was tight, bro. It was, it was an experience for me. Uh, it was all love, bro. It felt really good. So, Joey came down to Saskatoon with uh, one of my big cousins, you know, Chiquita. Chiquita's your boy, obviously. Um, and uh, he was like, hey, Joey's in town. He's doing a This was just before coronavirus hit, I remember. And uh, Joey came through. Um, I was a little bit late to the lunch, so uh, my food was getting cold or whatever. But he's like, hey, Joey took care of your meal, bro. It's all good. Kind of just sat down and ate my food and didn't say a word. I didn't really want to talk because, you know, the OGs are there. They're chilling. And uh, I think your uh, your cousin Will was there at the time too. Uh, there was me, you, Will, and your uh, videographer. You guys were kind of starting the the three eye hip project a little bit and uh, doing a little bit of that, man. But it, it was it was great to to get to know you on that level because it, it made me feel important. You know, like I said, like I was telling, like we just said, you know, growing up, like like you were like like a god to all a lot of us. You know, like you were the guy that was in the streets, but also on on the music videos, and you were just doing big things. And uh, for you to kind of just, you know, go out of your way to ask me what I'm up to, you know, what I, what I was doing, how I was feeling, you know, make me feel like I was the important one. That was huge. And then obviously, too, we got to roll around with you and Will and Jay and kind of see you guys interact. You guys are some crazy bunches, you know. It felt like as soon as you got back to the planes, you were like back to, you know, Joey Styles in the streets type thing. So 
you know, that, that was a moment for me, bro. And, and, uh, it, it, it meant a lot to me, you know, and I think that's why I kind of wanted to bring you on this first podcast because, uh, yeah, it, it was just great, bro. It was all love. Well, thank you, man. That was a, that was a wild day. That was the last time I seen my cousin Bill that day, yeah. you know, um, and that day, you know, you, you hear me rap about a song, uh, like they talking about like people be calling the police. I said a couple of my songs. I can't remember which songs off the top of the head because I got hundreds of songs now. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, called. Yeah, it's on my new song daily. I talk about like when we show up, they call the police. You know, but that was real. We were walking around the mall. The yeah. Just because of the looks of us, we didn't. Even, we were still. We didn't. No. You know, Will didn't have any any of his any of his tools on him. Jason <laughs> doesn't pull around like that. So they they just looked at us and. Jason looks like the main. Jason and Will together look like the main bad guys in like a Bruce Lee movie. (laughs) For real, Jason, that's my brother, man. Like that's my that's yo my blood. Him and Will, and Will's actually like my legit cousin. He's a black star. His dad was a black star. My cookum was a black star. So we come from the same family tree. And having those guys on my side, I could feel good anywhere. I could be like. Oh yeah, by the way guys, uh, today we're gonna go to hell uh because the devil owes me twenty bucks. We gotta go we gotta go bust him up. All right, let's go. Like no questions asked, these guys are that solid. And just hearing their stories, man, Will Will's a wild one, man. Like you remember it, you're like, Wow, what do you see yeah. it? You're like, I never seen nothing like this before, you know. Like when dude got when my cousin got seven years in the penitentiary, I think he I think he did something wild, like not to not to glorify, but he shot someone with a bow and arrow. <laughs> I'm a gun, like he's a bow and arrow dog, and he had a seven tattooed on his face because he got seven years. He had, like devil horns and you know, tattooed everywhere up. The, the most muscular dude ever. You know, he was like 220 with a Bruce Lee build, and every penitentiary he was in, he won the tough man competition for weightlifting. Like he was a savage man, that boy. And I mean that in a good way, not a bad way. Um, and that day, remember that was the day when me and Jason went and recorded that track at the Black Star Boxing in Saskatoon. We opened a boxing club there a few years back uh, with Chad Selkirk, um, a guy that I grew up with. He's a professional boxing coach. And we had nowhere to record that day. So I was like, I got my laptop and I got Logic. I borrowed a mic. Can we record it at your, at your gym? He's like, sure. Of course you can, man. You're my brother. So got the stuff together, we went there, recorded, and recorded a song that's a real special track that I think once people hear it, they're going to, I think it might be the strongest track of my album, but it's that lead up, so right now the current song's Dingling, so if you write Dingling, go hashtag Dingling on the, on my Instagram, on any of my pictures, doesn't matter which one, and you'll have a chance to win this Tuca, this winter cap or beanie, whatever you want to call it, Stress Street, so if you want to look at more stuff, it's Stress Street. And that day, we, we actually filmed us walking around the mall that day. Better little Starbucks, walking around the mall, looking fly. <laughs> and, you know, Jason is solid, man. You know, like, just, he's always been, like, a G, and he's always had my back everywhere I went. I don't even know. He's, he might be, like, 6'7 or 6'8, maybe 6'9. I don't know how tall he's been, 6'7, 6'9. But, yo, that man feels like he's about 10 feet tall. Mm-hmm. And Will just felt like he was bulletproof. And a lot of times, people would be to me, yo, karma it's gonna come back on him someone's gonna get him for all the things he did i'm like no 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 i'm like no one's gonna take will out the only one crazy enough to take will out's will and god rest his soul my brother he uh one night this this uh, summer or spring he uh went into 
the water. He tried to swim home across the lake and he drowned. And they never found him until a lot later. And um, he went home. He went back to the stars where we came from, man. We all come from a different place. And when we leave this life, we don't go to the dirt. We go home. And he went home. So I'm so glad that I'm happy you got to meet him. And I'm so happy on the documentary, if you watch chapter two, there's me and Will and there's Jason. And Jason just laid some sick guitar riffs. He laid the dopest hook. We were all sitting there, you know, giving our input on his hook. And I came home, took it to my studio. I did my thing at my, my studio at Blood Street. And I think people are going to trip when they hear the song. It's a real simple song. It's not complex, but sometimes that's what work. Why give people too much when they... People want this, give them this, don't give them that, right? So we're just giving people what they want. I think this one fits the criteria. For sure, brother. I obviously I got a little sneak preview of it, man, and I'm not even gonna lie, bro. That that is ready to blow up at any moment, man. There's hey, there's Big J Chiquita right now, man. Shout out Chiquita, bro. Hey, we're gonna have to get him on here pretty soon, man. Because like he said, he's got a great story to tell too. So. Stay tuned on that, man. So anyways, man, maybe we should transition a little bit. We've been kind of talking, you know, just, just me and River and you a little bit. Why don't we open it up a little bit to uh, to a few fan questions. If you guys got anything y'all want to ask the gorgeous gangster himself, man, shoot a question right now. We'll post it up there, and he'll, ask, uh, he'll get a few questions for you. Let's see what happens, bro. Somebody's got to have something for you. <laughs> I think hey, we well, can ask you some more questions. Hey, bro, I got a quick one for you, bro, because, you know, it's it's an infamous video and, you know, it gets talked about a lot. People don't know, though, bro, at the end of the video. So what what video I'm referencing to is the video when you and uh, The Weeknd are rolling around in uh, Toronto, bro. And uh, you, kinda, you, you get him to sing a little bit of acapella. And then uh, right after, uh, you know, he, he gives you that mad love. But at the end, bro, you know, you, what what stood out for me and what i really respected was like you're you were like hey bro it's all family here bro all love and and a lot of people miss that in that video because they're too you know they're too focused on trying to see something else you know so talk to us real quick about that yo people always began cheeky about that video because he said you're gonna for love so people always be like yo you must be mad you don't blow but i feel like I blew up, man. Like I'm, I'm still, I'm on the Grammys and stuff as far as that goes. But if I would have went to the heights that I, I think I belong at, like Lil Wayne and Drake and Weekend and, uh, you know, I mean Roddy Rich and Baby, all these guys, man. If I got that level, I wouldn't have met my wife and I, I wouldn't have had my kids. And to me, there's no award that is bigger than that. So now is the time to do it because now I got my superpower. I got the fuel to my spaceship. So now I'm going for it. But that video, before that video, me and Weekend was like my little dog, man. We were like, go eat Jamaican food. And he'd be sitting there. And he was very sure of himself. Very, very, very sure of himself. <laughs> he'd tell me like, I'm the best writer in the whole world, bro. I'm crazy, man. I'm writing for Sony. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, give it up, man. I'm the best writer in the whole world. <laughs> I still no, I still think I'm a better writer than why. Just because he sold more records. That means that. Maybe he's got a doper voice or maybe he's got better marketing, but I still think I'm at that. I'm at the top of the top. Like, I don't think, I think once you get to a certain level of songwriting, it's just preference. It's not about who writes better because it's just someone might like my stuff better, but the other hundred million people like weekend better. For so sure, he was writing grants, right? And then the grants is like, I want to go on tour with Joey Styles. I'm going to do a feature with Joey Styles. And he's writing grants <laughs> trying to get it. And then my boy Lamar was like kind of his manager at Hailey. And 
they got his song to Drake's manager, and Drake's manager went crazy, loved it. They got to Drake. Drake tweeted it, and then all of a sudden, uh, New York Times picked it up on their blog. All the blogs picked it up, and I was getting my hair cut in Beverly Hills at the time. And then all of a sudden, people are tripping about the weekend. I was like, what? I was blown <laughs> away because this was like within a couple of days, all the barbershops in L.A. were talking about it. And that, you know what? The tattoo shops and barbershops, they're connected. They know what's going on because they see all the celebrities. They see all the radio people. So I knew I knew at that point he was gone. And then I went I went back to Toronto. We had this event. It was at Hard Rock Cafe. I formed, you know, we'd always talk about singing lessons. I'd give him little lessons about being kind of projecting yourself. He'd talk about singing, how you got to breathe. But that night, though, he seen me perform for like maybe 15 or 20 people in Hard Rock Cafe. And it was empty. A little bit humiliated because I thought I invited Weekend, my boy, and I was just like, yo, I'm going to go show him what's up, man. I'm going to kill up for my dogs tonight. So that I went in this venue and it was like empty. I was like, damn, that hurts the ego quite a bit. <laughs> so because, you know, you want a sold out show, like I'm popping. People want me. I'm desired. But that wasn't happening, man. I went in there. It was empty. And I, instead of being like a little baby just doing a little weak set, I was like, no, 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 no. Tonight, the thunder beings live. Tonight, hey. the wind is going to do my set. I'm not going to do my set. Let's Tonight, go. I'm going to have that coolness of water. Tonight, I'm just letting all the elements take over. Sure. And there was a lot of great performers. There. Kenny Starr was there. She's seen that performance that night. And she was, I don't know, she said that she felt it. Like, she's like, you were like a native Kurt Cobain that night. And that night, I just like, I let the great spirit take over me. Sometimes, you know, some of these artists let the devil take over them or demons or bad spirits. But I let the great spirit take over me that night. I went out there. We're in, in a what's called Dundas Square, which is like Toronto's Times Square. It's a bit like the famous little part in Toronto. We're talking. I was like, "Yo, they should knock this mall down and do this. And they should make." I just talking shit, like you know how we do when we're sauced up, some sauces. Yeah, and I said, you know, uh, weekend. That's when I called them all. I was like, "Yo, what's up, man? Where you at? Where's your acapella, at, brother?" So we chopped it up. Did that. When was it? I think high high for this or I, I don't know which song it was it was one of yeah. the songs right and then destroyed the acapella the boys sings like michael jackson but later on that night it wasn't done so after that night we went to his loft where he, he made his first project loft music and we were just rapping and singing all night for hours i was with my ex-girlfriend at the time She's like, let's go it's late i'm like nah hell no and i was back then like weeks before that maybe like two weeks before that I was like pretty like was back on my sauced out days. I got basically blindsided and I got a few suckers. It's the only time I've ever been I've ever been got. Like someone got me and gave me I had like a bit of a black eye. Um. <laughs> Late Tommy Da, Tommy Da went and regulated, he busted that guy's ass up. Hey, you know Hey, so I was, at that time I was wearing makeup and I had a black eye there and I've never had a problem with like, you know, like lean and all that stuff but at the time i was like i had this little pill case and had all types of like little things in there that was going on because i was angry because i got drug up on my ex-girlfriend i didn't even want to go out but she drugged me out regina so we went out and then um so at that point you know i was trying to piss her off because she didn't like me partying she didn't like when i got <laughs> like it when i'd be on the pillies <laughs> so at that point i had this little thing and i was at his house i opened it up 
and he, there's like all these little different kind of things in this pill. You know, it's like a little pillowcase where old people have like little compartments and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All different kinds of stuff, and it opens it up. And weekend was like, "Damn this!" And really, he just dropped the end bomb. I'm not gonna say that. You know, I just yeah. say it once in a while, but I don't think it's for me to say. And he's like, "Damn cool. this mother, mother, mother!" Right. And then all of a sudden, I just looked at. At that point, he was like, you know, he ended up singing about like all these different things that he was into. But at that point, I know he definitely seen. I think what inspired him, because he said his big inspiration, wasn't my music, because he thought he's a better songwriter, and he's arguably a better songwriter. So like I said, his preference, right. his voice is. My voice is kind of shitty, actually. <laughs> so his voice is killer. He sounds like Michael Jackson, like I said. His production, he's got the best producer in the world. So it wasn't any of that. I think what inspired him was he felt that spirit. Right. He knew what it was like to be a thunderous performer, something that like you just let the spirit take over and you're gone. Like It's like almost like you have an out-of-body experience for that hour, and then all of a sudden the performance is done, and then you're back in your body. Like, I just did that. So we seen it and he felt that's why he said I'm a big inspiration because he understood. And me and him had many talks, you know, like we talk about Gandhi, we talk about Hali Selassie because he's Eritrean Ethiopian, uh, he's Habish. Right. But that guy's very intelligent, you know, he's he's very introverted. I'm extroverted. So we had some good talks, you know. We'd be sitting in his hotel room sometimes, and one time Tommy Hilfiger's son was in there, Rich Hill. <laughs> smoking in the hotel room right in front of like the people. You're not supposed to smoke, you're smoking cigarettes, smoking weed and <laughs> models running around, people doing all kinds of things I'm not gonna talk about on your podcast, like this sure. and that, you know. So that was that was a wild time. That was a wild sure. time in my life. That was that was nine that was nine years ago. So yeah. it was a long time ago that happened. For sure. Yeah. All right. Well, we got a few fan questions here, bro. There's actually some good ones coming in. Uh first one we're gonna take, bro, is actually uh if you heard that hook coming in uh on our countdown video, man, that was none other than Miss Tia Wood, man. Very big oh, supporter yeah. of our podcast, a very special friend of mine, man, and just a, a awesome, awesome vocalist, man. You need to check her out on Instagram, TikTok, man. Give her some love because, you know, she she's absolutely blown up. She's got a question here for you, Joey. She said, what's some advice you would give to someone who wants to enter the music industry? The first thing I would say to do is if you've mastered, like, you know how to count bars, because anytime someone hits me up, I say, do you know how to count bars? And a lot of people don't even know how to count bars because you're not going to be able, depends what you want to do, but if you're trying to be a singer in the music industry, learn to count bars is the first thing because a lot of people don't know song structure. So we talk about songwriting. You need to know how to count bars properly because there's a formula for where things go, right? So that'd be the first thing. And the second thing is practice every day so your performances are just killer. You know, you shouldn't take any days off. When you're especially when you're first starting, you should be like you know, an hour, two, three, four hours a day writing songs, singing songs, performing them, rapping them over, singing them over till you got it, playing the guitar till you got it. And then once you got that, find the studio that you like to work with, the engineer you like working with, find the producers that make the right beats. Um, and it's easy nowadays. Like when, when I first came out, it was tough because there was no internet, but now there's internet, so you just go on TuneCore, you go on DistroKid, you go on one of these other aggregators you get your music on all the platforms tiktok spotify all that right and the marketing anyone now can just download an app that you can put text on you can make flyers on your phone for you know what i mean that's what we do (laughs) it's very easy and tia i got a question for you are you ready for this collab we're talking about carson and tia we need them on a record together hey that would be huge man tia and carson together would be the biggest thing 
ever in Indian country, ever. Like I'm saying, this should be astronomical. So we got to make that happen. And I was talking with you, Tia, uh, a few days back about getting you in the studio. And I spoke with the engineers and I spoke with the producers. They're totally excited to work with you in Vancouver. They got the studio open. Uh, so whatever you need, we got we got you. Anything, songwriting, beats, features. Because um, my dude, like I said, my dude worked with Tory Lanez. He produced for Tory Lanez. He produced for a few other real big artists. Um, you know, one of the artists he's done a lot of work for too in Vancouver, who people are familiar with, is uh, Mercules. He's done some stuff for Mercules as well. So you're working with an official cat. If you want to jump in there, we got you. You know, your sister, if you're with the brother. You know what I mean? Hey, much love, bro. That's huge, man. We got a few more questions here we're going to jump into. We got Tristan Bird, bro. When you bring the concert back home to our people and youth, back to the roots, we love the music right in Crime Town, brother. Crime Town, Saskatchewan. Shout it out. Oh, that's where I was born, North Balfour. That's where I was born. Straight up. If people don't understand, man. There's a town that only has like 19,000 people. They have no clue how tough that place is. That's a that's a tough city, man. That's a tough town. People don't know. It's like probably per capita. But I think it's got it's got to be the toughest place in Canada. Hey, no cap, no cap. All right, we got another question. Hey, man, we got a very good question. This is uh from Fawnwood, man. You know Fawnwood, man. Yeah. The, the round dance powwow extraordinaire man they run the virtual round dance we're really looking forward we're trying to bring fawn on here very soon to be able to come share some music man she's a great great artist her in dallas are doing some great things man so she said my question what's your proudest moment as a musician performance wise it's easy i just i was just thinking when i read it um the moment is i did the in the spire words the 20 2019 in the Spire Awards, right? And I was the one that closed it out. So, like, the big closing was me, the big finishing thing. And uh, Northern Cree and Redbone opened up with Come and Get Your Love. So, it's beautiful. I'm not going to lie. I can't because I'm being so honest with you this whole show. I was I brought tears to my eyes seeing the father and son playing together. PJ and Pat playing together. I was so proud of it. And then my song, It's Victory Dance, I performed. I was cutting this apple. All of a sudden, I, I was bleeding. What? Damn, so I had to clean it. I was like, Do Jason was there, Chiquita. We we're backstage. Um, my ba Michelle was there when it happened too. It was a uh, Buffy St. Marie's drummer, Michelle. And I cut myself like, Dad, do I need a bandage? Do I need to put glue in this crazy glue? So all of a sudden, I was like, He's like, No, you know, it's not that deep. So I just let it dry out. The cut was some. I had tears. There's blood. And then I was on stage. There was sweat. And in my song, Victory Dance, I say, blood, sweat, and tears make your family proud. <laughs> and in that thing, you know what happened? In that, my uh, dad was there, my brothers were there, and they were so proud watching me perform. And there's a video of my son, Matisse, of him, because that's my daddy, that's my daddy, sitting in there with Redbone. <laughs> He's sitting there with Redbone, uh, Pat Vegas, and Pat Vegas like, yeah, it's your daddy. You know, like, Redbone was like, and my, my son was so proud, so that, to me, that was the proudest moment seeing that video i showed all my homies that and i was like oh man that made me feel so good so there was blood sweat and tears and i made my family proud my mom was there too she was looking after the kids in the back with my mother-in-law so it was a real proud moment I, I made sure that i included my wife uh my real real close friend someone that's really near and dear to me laura milliken she was the one who advocated for me to be in that show i have a great relationship with inspire Susanna Maya was there she supports me as well every big thing i've ever done she's been there so that was a big moment. You know, I felt good. And afterwards, uh, 
Pat Vegas like, yo, man, see you perform with something else. You're really you're crazy. How many platinum records you got? Like, I don't got any yet. He's like, you're going to have a lot. I believe him. I Because be I always believe that I'm, you know, people think because, you know, you put out a couple albums and they don't reach to the top of the top that that's it. It's over when you say it's over, man. Keep going for that goal. And I want them Grammys. I want them Grammys. Listen, people at home, I want them Grammys. So that's my proudest moment. You know, definitely my proudest moment when my son was so proud to see his daddy on TV and he's sitting in there with uh, Redbone, you know, like. For sure, brother. Yeah, for for real, bro. And like uh, personal opinion, people slept on Grey Magic, bro. That's a crazy album. The Oath, that's like one of my favorite songs by you. It's so real. And you're literally talking about you and your son and why you do it, man. That like that's such a beautiful song, bro. There's a story behind that song too. Thank you. Like I'm so honestly I'm honored that you, you picked that song out because there's, I used to do that song every single show, you know. Um, I probably should jump back into it because it's, like, something that's so I'm proud of. Because my dad, like a lot of our families, you know, they probably have, they struggle with, like, uh, drinking. A lot of our people, you know, like, you guys all know dads and uncles and brothers and best friends. So sometimes, you know, when people are drinking, they kind of ramble a little bit. And he and sometimes they're like, yeah, whatever, whatever, dad, whatever. But this time he's like, yo, you're having a son? You got to make a oath. You got to make a pledge. Because around that time, there were so many, like, signals, like, from, like, supernatural signals from our creation stories of the different magical beings I can't talk about on camera. But you can imagine all our folklore and all our legends. We were seeing all these beings. Supernatural beings were coming around when my son was here. And I was telling my daddy, my dad's like, they're here to honor him and protect him and protect your family. But you got to make an oath, a pledge. And at that moment, I said, you're drunk. Usually you're around, but you're right right now. You're right. I gotta make an oath. I gotta make a pledge. He's like, make a pledge. And he's... So I said, you know, I pledged. I'm gonna do this for my son. And I'm gonna pray every single day and smudge every day. Even if I don't shower, or I don't sleep. Smudge every day. It doesn't matter. You know, that's one thing I don't miss. And I pledge to serve the light, to serve love and wellness. That's what I do now. It's all, that's my. That's me. You know, I don't look down on people that are still in that other life. I hope the best of them. And if they need help to get out of there, I'm here to help them and give them the resources that I have and the knowledge I have to get out of there. But I decided not to be in the gray area anymore where I go back and forth, you know, or I'm in the dark area where I'm doing negative, bad things. I serve love, light, wellness. And I live in the light now. And that's what that song represents. I'm doing this for you. I'm going to be a good man for you. Now, I'm, I'm the moment I found out I was having a kid, the very moment I was drinking actually with I was actually drinking with Laura, you know, and uh, Conatio, a famous actress, and we we're in the beaches in Toronto. That was the last time. The next day, we found out Carson was pregnant, and um, the day, the moment I found out she's pregnant, I'm done drinking. She's like, well, I'm quit. I never want my son to or my kid, because I didn't know I was having a boy or girl at the time. I don't want my kid to ever see me drunk even once, because I hate it. I hate seeing my like, you know, it breaks my heart every single. Doesn't anymore because I know my dad's in his own path. So I accept that. I love him no matter unconditionally. Doesn't have to be. You have to be sober. That's a condition. No, I love him no matter what state he's in or what he's doing. But that's something I didn't want for my kids. I don't. I want them to see. I want to be a good role model for them. I want them to see me be strong. I want to see me be good. To see me have morals. To see me have a code of ethics that I follow and rules I stick to. And just be a good man because I want my daughter to meet a good man when she's a woman. And I want my son to be a good man and meet the the right woman and. 
I did it. I took it a step further. Each generation, you know, you want to do better and be stronger. And that's what that song represents, serving love, light, and wellness. And that's what we do. Word, bro. Yeah, man, I respect that. And I really love how you talk about how you smudge every single day and, like, just listening to you talk. It's like you're spreading love and you love yourself. And you can't spread love unless you love yourself first, right? You have to love yourself in order to give love in a healthy way. And that, that sounds like what you're doing, man. I really respect it. Thank you, man. That's what that's what the song Superpower is all about. Like it's about self-love, and that's how you activate your superpower. Because everybody in the whole world has a superpower. Everybody. There's not a person that doesn't. God gave all of us one special trait, one special thing that we could offer the world. But I think that's why a lot of people are depressed because they don't know how to find it. You know, they have video games distracting them, they have cell phones distracting them, they have drugs and alcohol, they have a job. But we all have one special thing, or even a couple, whatever. There's no rules how many, but we all have something special we can offer the world. God gave us a gift to share with the world. And you got to love yourself, and you got to activate that superpower for yourself. And that's what that song was about. And Grey Magic was when I was making that transition from black to gray to white. And now, you know, I still will speak about the struggle, but I'm speaking about it in a more mature way. Um the Stress Street Lifestyle Club is very, 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 very street music. We put that out because that's still where I came from. That's still who I am. You know what I mean? Like, But like even like I talk about, like in the song I did with Jason Chiquita and my brother Paiute and my brother King Benz, the, gen the general, I say, I'm a holy man, but I'll leave you holy. But you know what I'm talking about? I'll leave you holy, man. If you ever cross my fam, make that thing go kablam. Hey, so like, that's fine. But still at the end of the day, you know, we got the Blick guys because uh, it's our job to be a family man and take care of your family. The most dangerous people in the world are people who have nothing at all to lose and people who have the whole world to lose. So I feel when I sleep in my bed with my family and there's two little, two little beautiful babies, I feel like I have that's the world right there. So if anyone tries to come between it, man, they're going to have to use a bomb, an atomic bomb to take me out because they're not getting that in my family ever. No bullet, no bear, nothing, man. That's my job. Hey, respect that, brother. And that's that's what we love about you here too, man. Joey Styles, the family man. So we got one more question. We'll we'll finish up the the uh, the fan questions with which. So what process was more enjoyable, the creation of sugarcane or the creation of cool running? Both, Both bangers. bangers. Both bangers. Both bangers. It was different because cool running was weird. You want to know the story? Yeah, yeah, so bro, for sure. Let's go. Sugarcane took a lot of work to do, man. Like. When I was living in Atlanta, I came up with the name Sugarcane because it was like a, I said it in my one of my songs, it's just like a lyric. And then when the song was done, I was like, it was like Munchies for Your Love, I think the song was. I say something about Sugarcane or something like that. And I, I was like, yo, that's a cool, that's a cool ass name. I got to do it for a track. And then we just got back from, I moved back from Atlanta. So I was like, let's go, man. I'm going to throw some paper down. The dude had like, we were rolling around with like a hundred racks. He had like, a, I remember the one time I was at his house and then, I look over on the floor and there was like this, he's in, there's a big house party going, everyone's walking all these rooms. I look over on the floor and there was like a, a, a toilet paper wrapper like, of like the whole plastic bag. I look closely and there was like a hundred in the bag. And people are just walking around like hood people are walking out the party. I'm like, damn, he's, he's wild, this boy. So we went there and we did about three or four hooks. None of them worked. We kept writing it. No, it's not good. We know this has to be a special song. We're going to do a video for it. We're going to put up the money. And that video costs a lot of money. And the guy who produced that beat, he was on fire. He just did the song Dangerous with Akon and uh, Cardinal. So we were like, yo, let's, let's rock this Vanguard. 
that was that's so that's chemo and I'm working with Vago. That's my man. Vago has been killing it. And I work with chemo still. That's my dude. And we, we got this. We did that song and it was actually it's like a rare song where I put a lot of thought into it. Because for the most part, I just write it and that's it. But I write it, scrap it, write it, scrap it, write it, change a part, add a new part. We did it like three or four hooks. We knew this had to be special. We knew it. So, so much went into that, like every detail. We were, like I said, we were working out. And um, that was like probably around one of the last times I did something probably a little bit in the dark side. Because we needed some money, right? So, dude had to give it money because it cost him money. So, we went. I went and did some things in the streets that I'm not going to get into. Got my paper up real quick. And then we went back there and banged out sugarcane. And then my dude, my producer, one of my producers that was my engineer at the time, stylist, he sent me the beat. And at the time, Effin was one of my sponsors too. So they were giving me some paper. They gave me some bread. And then I, I went, I was going to the Effin store. And they gave me some gear to wear for the video because that's my family. They still are, you know, SDK. SDK, I don't know if you can see that. Where is it? Right there. Shout out. SDK Cat, right? So uh, that's, that's my crew. So I was over there. And on the way from Vancouver to Surrey, where the Effin store is, I wrote that song, Cool Running. It just came out like like so naturally. So Cool Running was exciting. I remember calling my ex-girlfriend at the time, like, what does this cosmopolitan mean? Because I'm not really like, I'm not. I got no more words now, but back in the day, before I was in the streets, I wasn't really focused on learning very much. You know, I was focused on being fly, spending money, getting money, being solid, representing, you know, but traveling the world to all these different countries, I kind of like, you know, it kind of made me a little bit different, gave me better vocabulary, better understanding of how uh, things are work. You see art, see music, learning history. So Cool Running was very natural. So that gave me that natural high too, but I knew that was a special song. Since then, I've had a couple songs which I thought were like even bigger than that. And they never took off. But like I said, you know, I'm legit working towards winning a Grammy. Let's it's not stupid Let's talk. Go. It's not like funny talk. I want them Grammys. I'm not stopping until I get them Grammys, you know. Yes, I'm not stopping way beyond that. When I get them Grammys, let's set a higher goal. Because you got to give yourself some goals also you get sick. Because we all need a purpose, right? right? So to answer the question, it was they each had their own thing, but Sugarcane must have been a little bit more special because of all the, that went into it. But we all have to give ourselves goals. And when we reach this goal, go for the next one. Because if you just give yourself this goal and you get there, you're satisfied. A lot of times that's when people's purpose in life is done. It's like, okay, well, you're here. You co conquered your mission. And sometimes that's when you choose to go home. So I'm giving myself some big goals that I'm going to keep going for them. Because I'm trying to live in my hundreds and still be walking around, doing yoga, playing guitar, painting singing rapping you know playing with my great great grandkids you know that, that's what's about yeah bro that's facts for real i feel the same way man like i feel like nothing's gonna get me until i'm 100 and the only thing that's gonna take us out is like the apocalypse or something bro because we're not healthy. even we're gonna not live even, bro we're good. <laughs> I will good i'll just i'll just jump on i'll just jump on the wave just ride that wave hey, hey. the cool running wave bro yeah, i remember bro. when that when that joint came out bro everyone was certainly stunned hey that's <laughs> real man that, if hey if that if that came out today bro that would have been like the TikTok song forever bro we would have never stopped hearing that man and it's yeah. still got so much heart, but we love that song so like i said me and river these last couple of days we've been getting back into you know, listening to that old music, bringing that youth out in us again, man. I feel like a kid again listening to those, the, those joints, you know what I mean? Thank Special. you, brother. Thank you. 
so much, bro. It means a lot to hear that. Yeah, for sure, bro. So I think uh, what we're going to do here is I think I want to start this. I want to start this with you first. So how we're going to end it is we're going to push you up on the camera by yourself, man. If you got a message that you want to give, if there's something that you want to tell, man, it's all on you. We're going to let you finish it up, and then we'll come back and wrap it up. But I'm going to put you on. Give me one second. I just want you to give our give our people a little bit of messages, bro. Whatever you feel like, bro. It's all on you. So now's your chance. Like I said again, you can win this beanie, this winter cap. We have a full line. We have winter jackets. We have hoodies. We got sweaters. We got leggings for women. We got baby jumpers. We got hats, beanies. We got everything going on. We're like Stress Street Lifestyle Club is a full-on brand. We're trying to be like Vans, you know what I mean? And my message I have for you guys at home is a lot of people are out of balance right now, mind, body, and spirit. And that's when you fall. That's when you get depressed. That's when you get sick. So I just read something about a month ago, and it's really stuck in my mind. When you live in the past, you're going to be depressed. When you live in the future, you're going to be anxious. But when you live in the present, you're just going to enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself, be balanced, take care of your body and your physically, you know, like if you if you're injured and you can't weight lift or do push-ups and exercise like that, then do stretching. Take care of your body, stretch, work out, be active, eat good food. We're poisoned by the food. Um, it's our job to take care of the environment. I think everybody should watch that Kiss the Ground. Go on Netflix and watch Kiss the Ground. Everybody. It's Woody Harrelson is on there. And the funny thing is my my boy Ryan Lear is Woody Harrelson's a yoga instructor, my dude, and uh, he's a he's a great he's a great guy, Woody Harrelson, and he kind of breaks down the importance of protecting the land and being a spiritual person is being connected to the land, connected to the animals. We're here to kind of basically be like the janitors to this world, the caretakers, right? So mind, body, and spirit. Take care of your body, spirit. Pray, smudge, whatever you do. If you're an atheist, meditate. Ground yourself. Be within self. Be within universe. Connect and just know what you're doing. Settle down. Ground yourself. In your mind. If you stop using your mind, you go crazy. You might get something get dementia. Something with Alzheimer's. So you gotta use your mind. Teach yourself new stuff. Don't stop learning. Mind, body, and spirit. Be strong. And when you get that, that's when you get that third eye. Third eye, hip. Three eye, hip. We're hip to the world. We know what's going on. That's the new project, 3i Hip, coming out November 25th, around that's the release date we have projected. Um, after that, uh, we have other things. Like I said, we got a bunch of other projects, but really, I think it's important that you set goals. And school is important because it's important that we have factory workers. You know, it's, it's good to have people that run society. Not everyone could be an actor, not everyone could be a singer or a rocker. You know, some people don't have the desire to do that. So it's important that, you know, if that's your if that's your dream to go be a carpenter, do it, man, because we need beautiful homes. If your goal is to be a dentist, we need people to have clean mouths and, like, to healthy teeth, right? So just don't make your decisions in life based upon what you're told. Follow your spirit because it's like school breaks a lot of people's spirit, but sometimes people, their goal and their dreams is to go out beyond and be a doctor or a lawyer or maybe one day become a judge and so on and so on. So if you want to be a singer, do it. Like if you do whatever you want to do, don't be don't be fooled by someone saying, no, you can't do that. You need a backup plan. Basically, when someone says you need a backup plan, they're saying give up on your dream. It's not going to happen. It's not reality. 
but it's a reality if you want it to be reality. You got to put the 10,000 hours in, and then you become a master at what you do. And that's my message, you know, be strong, be a survivor, have faith. My, my strength comes from creator. My strength comes from my family. That's where I get my fuel from. And uh, we all get scared sometimes, you know. We all fear, but that doesn't make you a coward. What makes you a coward is not overcoming that fear. So overcome that fear. You know, every day there's a new challenge. There's things to worry about. This, this life is not easy. Find a way to fight through it, you know. And to me, there's no better teacher than Mother Earth. You know, bro, there's no better teacher. What do you learn from Earth? Be grounded. Plant your roots. Be steady. What do you learn from water? Path of least resistance. Take the path that's easiest. Why do you got to go against the grain? Go with it, man. Go with the flow. What's the wind do? The wind is capable to go any which direction it wants to go anytime. Fire? What's fire? People think fire is a scary thing. Fire is regeneration. It's regrowth. That's when things grow. So it's about rebuilding yourself, starting all over. That's what fire is. So you can learn from those elements. You know, if you learn from those elements, mind, body, spirit, you'll be strong. Many high highs for having me and I hope. Much love and respect. Hey, brother. I can't thank you enough, man. First of all, like I said, man, me and River, we grew up on Joey Styles' music plan. We grew up idolizing this guy, man. And uh, I, I can call you a personal friend of mine, a brother now, you know, and, th and that means so much to me because, like I said, when I was growing up, bro, there was one guy I looked at that was the coolest guy in the city. He had the freshest clothes. Look at him now, man. This guy hasn't aged in 20 years, bro. Still the same old dude, man. Same still Uncle uh, Jimmy. Too nice, too hey, so it's all love. It's all respect, bro. Thank you for coming on, bro. I hope again that we can bring you on anytime you want, bro. You want to do a guest host with us. You want to come chill, chop it up, give us some new music. Whatever you need, brother, we want you here, brother. So please come through at any time, man. Much, Much love. love brother. You know what we're going to do, though? Next time I come on, we'll talk about conspiracies. Hey, let's do it. Oh, let's go. We got Next time I come on, we're going to debunk some of these myths and just dig into them. Some are real, some are fake, but let's go. Hey, let's go. Hey, thank you, Joey Styles, man. Much love, brother. Much love, bro. All right, so... How'd y'all like that, man? That was a great episode, man. So what we're going to do, we did, we ran out of time a little bit. So I'm going to do the giveaway uh, in a few minutes. We'll go live on just a different platform, kind of chill it out a bit. But uh, we're going to be back here on uh, Thursday, Thursday night, probably around 8 o'clock. I'll, uh, I'll tune in the time. But what we're going to do is just because obviously we didn't get too much time to talk about ourselves and talk about, you know, what it is we want to do here, what it is that we have going on in our own lives. And uh, I actually asked my brother River if he would be our first ever guest, our, our first ever, you know, not official official guest, but, you know, talk about us a little bit, talk about River. I know, you, I know you got a story, brother, like, and I know you haven't been able to tell your story or, or, uh, you know, let people in. And I think you're ready to do that. So uh, are you, uh, are you down to do this with me on Thursday? Yeah, bro, for sure. I mean, like, What's the use of like going through all these struggles and pushing through everything if you're not going to tell a story to like inspire others, right? And like I feel like I've been quiet for too long, like my social media. It's all jokes, man. Nobody knows me on there, you know what I mean? Because I'm always joking. But like that podcast, bro, I want to get real with you, man. I want to talk about like literally anything and everything with you, bro, for sure, for sure. Hey, so you heard it here first. Thursday, 8 p.m., man, we're going to be back in the Fox and Around studio. It's going to be my guest, River Thomas, man. We're going to get into a bunch of issues, 
certain things that we want to talk about, man. We'll get and then, man, on Thursday, I'm gonna tell you guys the guests we got for next Sunday, man, and it's gonna be huge, bro. How you? I, we we already know. So, what do you think about it, bro? Bro, I'm so excited, hey, man. I cannot wait. Be ready. So. Once again, man, thank you guys all for coming through today, man. It means a lot to us. All the support you guys have been giving us, the shares, the likes, man. Shout out Jason. Shout out Dustin and Nathan for helping us get our audio set up, helping us set up our studio, man. Obviously, shout out Miss Tia Wood, man, the prettiest girl in Indian country. <laughs> could be, could be, man. She gave us that vocal on the front of the, the countdown, man, so... If you listen to that, man, that's her. That's her audio, man. We thank you so much for giving us that. For that real, man. Sound, man. It, it sounds legit. Exactly, so, and like the same. That ain't even released yet, bro. That's exclusive yeah, to the Foxing Around podcast. That's hey, exclusive. Man. Exclusive, exclusive. So from us here, man, we've had a great first episode, man. It's been so much fun. Um, much love, man. Take care of your guys' selves, man. Keep the good love. And till next time, till the next time we're we're foxing around, man. Peace. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Foxing Around Live. Until next time. Many high highs. What's this? Peace. Peace.